Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. People of God, shalom. Shalom. Peace. Oh. Well, there's a, uh, this, this whole idea about Christmas, Advent, the message of the angels, you know, core, the, the core of that being peace on earth because a Savior has been born in Bethlehem. Peace, peace. Well, that's the subject of so many Christmas greetings and cards, the angels, peace on earth. But you know, Paul was saying you can have peace even when things aren't going very well. If you are justified by faith, first of all, you have peace with God, which is the foundation of any possible kind of peace that you can ever experience. Uh, I mentioned about Jerry Lyons going to be with the Lord. Nancy, who, uh, and Jerry had been her caregiver because Nancy is shut in, you know, homebound. And uh, yet uh, she has reported to, uh, to Pastor Dreyer. She said, but I have peace. I have peace. And I'm so in phase with uh, experiences I've had in what we call pastoral care over my many years. And that is somebody can have all kinds of difficulties and problems. I lost my job. My wife is leaving me. The dog died. You know, just going through all, the, you know, all those things and then say, but saying, but I have peace. But peace is not a result of the circumstances around us. It is the result of the presence of Jesus within our lives because he is the prince of peace. Peace, everybody wants peace. In fact, we can say that it is the great longing of the human heart. Not long ago, there was a study undertaken Duke University about peace, peace of mind. And there were eight factors that were isolated that contribute greatly to emotional and mental stability or that kind of thing inside that we call peace. Uh, of those eight, six of them kind of start off with don't and the last two are do. So let's start with the don'ts. I wanna just give this, even though it comes out of a secular source, I wanna share this with you. The first is don't harbor suspicion and resentment. You know, those things are so corrosive. Nursing a grudge is a major factor in the lack of peace. And you know, you think about today and that political polarization and uh, the culture wars that are going on, it is really easy for Christians to give in to the temptation of our enemy and says, okay, uh, go from concern into being really worried about it, you know. But that would be corrosive. Uh, second thing, the second don't, is don't live in the past. A preoccupation with old mistakes and failures will lead to feelings of futility, in fact, even feelings of depression, and those are never fun. Uh, a third one, a third don't. Don't waste your time and energy fighting conditions you can't change. So what happens when you spit in the wind, huh? Hmm, it's just not very pleasant, is it? Okay, uh, so you can't change those things. So why get involved in the fight? Change your focus to that to be on Jesus, all right? Fourth, don't, and that is don't withdraw 
and become reclusive during periods of emotional stress, even if you feel panic at the thought of going out among people again. You know, you want to stay home and kind of nurse your, your little things. And so the fifth one is do not indulge in self-pity when life hands you a raw deal. Ah, don't engage us. By the way, uh, pity parties, you know, uh, we're invited to them all the time, aren't we? Our own personal pity party. And if you can't resist the invitation, set your timer on your, uh, on your phone for 15 minutes and then just party hard for those 15 minutes and then say, stop it. Okay. And then get on with life and move on. Uh, you see, nobody gets through life without some reverses and sorrows and misfortunes. We all get them, okay? You get it? All right. Finally, number six of the don'ts, don't expect so much of yourself. When there's a gap between uh, what your expectations are and your ability to meet those expectations, you, are, you set yourself up for feelings of inadequacy, fact is those are inevitable and everybody gets them so don't just sit there on them now we're going to have two that are positives and that what things that we are to do and you're going to see how this really relates to this whole idea of Jesus as the prince of peace so the seventh thing now a positive and that is cultivate positive virtues and they listed such things as love humor compassion loyalty I think about Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, okay? There's a kind of a correspondence there, but do that which is of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Cultivate those virtues, because, but you can't do it on your own. You have to have divine help. Only the Holy Spirit makes it possible for that to happen. And finally, do find something bigger than yourself to believe in. Now, that's very secular, isn't it? Okay, so translate that into the truths that we know, and that is put your trust in God. Uh, you know, on the other hand, if you don't, here's what happens, and that is self-centered, egotistical people score the lowest on any test for happiness. So let your focus be on the Prince of Peace. But all this much more easily said than done. I can preach about this, and then before I get home, you know, I'll get on the negative. Some things like that happen. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, refers to our divine uh, resource in this. Of course, Jesus, what is he? Our wonderful counselor, our mighty God. He's our everlasting Father. The Father and I are one, he said. He is our Prince of Peace. He is the source of peace. So what does it mean that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace? That is a royal title, not just assigned to him by Isaiah the prophet, but it is who he really is. He has earned that title. That's not an honorary degree. This is something that is earned because Jesus did everything that was necessary to bring peace into human life. As a matter of fact, let's take a fresh look at this whole word, Peace, and we're going to look at it, you know, in a vertical kind of an acrostic. P E A C E. Start off with P. All right. What's a good word? Can you think of a good word that uh, refers to this piece? It starts with P. Pardon. Pardon. Okay. You see, sin is a great peace robber. It wants to take it away. 
The greatest thing that Jesus ever did to bring peace into our lives is to provide a way for our sins to be forgiven. Did you pick it up from the little guy this morning? You know, Jesus, why did, why did Jesus come? To take away our sins. You see, with guilt and shame, there is a lack of peace. The Bible clearly states that we started this world all as sinners, at odds with God, uh, enemies of God, out of phase with him. There was that great separation, but God then came up with a plan to give us all a clean slate. He offers it to everyone through what Jesus did on the cross. And of course, to go to the cross, he had to come into this world. That's what Advent and Christmas is all about. God taking on human flesh, even though he had to start out uh, as a little baby uh, in the manger. He grew to become that man so that he could shed his blood so that through the blood of Christ, we might be cleansed from sin. And so Jesus has made peace between us and the heavenly father with his death. He paid the price. Jesus pardoned our sin, made peace through the blood of the cross. Okay, let's uh, just uh, remind you, I'm not making this up. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter five, verse one about this peace through the pardon. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, what do we have? We have shalom, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Then the next letter is E, P-E, okay? Peace, pardon, and then comes everlasting promises. The offer is good, everlastingly. I got a bunch of coupons, and if I go and have lunch with Chuck, you know, if we go to Carl's Jr., uh, got any coupons? Oh, will they take uh, uh, expired coupons? Uh, but you know what? The offer from God, the promise, never, ever expires. And it all comes through the Prince of Peace, through Jesus. Let's go to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. And who's that him? That's Jesus, the Prince of Peace. What is a promise? Well, a promise from God is a statement that you can depend on with absolute confidence. You can take it to the bank and it's honored. You can take it. The promises of God, you see, never run out. Scripture is so full of promises of God. You know, if you can look at the Bible through the lens of, hey, here's this great big promise book. It's not a wish book. It's a promise book. And you begin to look at it and say, oh yeah, we talked about pardon, cleansing from our sin. What about God's power, the promise of his power in our life? In Isaiah 41, it tells us, fear not, this is God speaking, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will, what? Strengthen you because you're so weak. You're powerless. I will help you because you're helpless. I will uphold you because you are not being held up with my righteous right hand. Oh, God's power. Also, we need God's leading in our life. You know, Psalm 23, he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You ever thought about that? Yeah, hey, he's gonna lead me. My shepherd will, will lead me. I don't have to worry about, am I going to get there? Am I going to get there? You know, 
Are we almost there? He's going to lead me there. What about God giving rest? Do you ever get tired? Do you ever get weary? Do you ever get burned out? Oh, well, Jesus said, this recorded in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. What will I do? I will give you rest. How about the promise of God's faithfulness? Great is thy faithfulness in the book of Lamentations. And then throughout this book, you're going to see promise after promise after promise of the faithfulness of God. Now, who are those meant for? Yeah, just for the superstars, right? Just for those people who are like super Christians. Yeah, they've got their own TV ministries. Okay, no, for every one of us, you know, just everyday, ordinary, struggling through Christian people, grabbing on to the victory that he's provided for us. Well, so you have pardon, you have everlasting promises. Next letter is A. What's a good word that we can use A with? How about the word I'd nominate? Assurance, assurance, okay? Yeah, in this life, what can you really be sure of? Are you sure about your health tomorrow? Are you sure about just about anything? Are you sure your car's going to start when you get out to the parking lot? Are you sure that your, your uh, I was going to say your basement, I grew up in the north, okay, that your, <laughs> your, your first floor isn't going to be flooded? Uh, what, you know, plumbing all broken down? What are you sure of? What can you be sure of? Well, we can be sure of God. Life is so full of uncertainties and questions and landmines all over the landscape, and Satan always wants to destroy our peace and, you know, like, oh, do I really have salvation? Uh, you know, am I really, really born again? Am I really, really committed? You know, will my life turn out okay? What about my future? What about my family? But he gives assurance because God has a plan. He's got a plan for your life. You know, Romans 8, 28, I know a bunch of you have got that memorized that all things work together. Well, let's, let's look at it on the screen. For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. You don't have to worry. Do I have a plan? It's nice to have a plan. You know, it's nice, nice to, to do this you know, and have those habits of highly successful people. But God's got a better plan and his trumps ours. Then what about God's protection? Do you feel secure? There's a lot of worry today about security, security. Mm. You know what? When when, when God spoke to Abraham and he was offering this covenant relationship with him, he started off by saying, Abraham, fear not. <laughs> Just like the angel said, you know, every time they came to, to people, said, fear not, fear not. That's what God said to Abraham. And he said, I am your shield, your, your protection. Could you say that to the Lord? You are my shield. Ah the fiery darts, whatever comes at us. Not only that, but God is our provision. All I have needed, your hand has provided. And God's presence, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. See, the Prince of Peace brings the presence of the Lord into our lives. And with his presence in us, why? We don't have to fear, okay? So we have assurance, pardon, Everlasting promises, assurance. Next letter is C. We're going to use the word completeness for C, okay? 
You ever feel empty? You ever feel incomplete? Uh, okay, I'll confess to you. If I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep, or if I have trouble going to sleep, you know what usually is the problem? Things are incomplete. I haven't finished what I'm supposed to be doing. How am I going to get it done? How am I going to get it done? You know, that feeling of, am I the only one? Okay, Uh, that things are really kind of incomplete. I got, you know... What if, I, what if I died in the night? Where would the kids find this and that and that and that, you know? I got to clean out that closet. I gotta, no. Incomplete, incomplete. Uh, but Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I want you to follow this one on the screen. It says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in us will bring it where? To completion at the day of Jesus Christ. See, we are, did you know that you are complete in Christ, you are complete in him. Yeah. And James 1.4 says that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Jesus said, and is recorded by John in chapter 15, Jesus said that your joy may be complete. And in Timothy, 2 Timothy in 3.16, this is right after that little thing that we say, uh, the Bible, I hold God's word from cover to cover, makes me wise for salvation, etc. It says, why? That uh, man of God may be complete, equipped for everything, for every good work. Uh, Jesus, everything Jesus did in his life, did you know that he did it to completeness? So there was a man who was blind, and Jesus said, what should I do for you? And he says, well, that I might receive my sight. Did Jesus say... Well, I, uh, I'm taking a look here. Ah, oh, I think I can do a little something with the left eye, but right eye, forget about it. Now, he completely healed that man. And every time that Jesus healed someone, it was complete. Every time Jesus fed thousands of people, and it was more than one occasion, what does it say? And they were all satisfied. They were filled. And there were, there were leftovers. Who's going to take home all these leftovers? Ah. And then every time Jesus calmed a storm, what happened? It was calm. It was complete. You know, you could look at it and see your reflection. And then when Jesus was on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. It's done. Paid in full. Complete. Is anything necessary for you to do to get your salvation? All done. Complete. There. Free for the taking. Ah, what a great thing. We are complete in him. Now, the last, we got a letter left, and that's E. And, uh, oh, there might be a little overlap with some other things in this, but it's everything that we need. Everything we need. P-E-A-C, everything we need. In Lamentations, I'm going to quote that again, where uh, he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So what do you have that he has not given? What do you need that he has not already provided? If he hasn't provided it yet, <laughs> maybe you don't need it just yet. You ever think about that? He's provided all I need. Uh, Not all my wants. I got a few things on my want list. And uh, so I may not get those, but everything I need. Now let's think about if God was only doing 99%. Uh, 
You know, that's more than a passing grade from me, right? Anytime I got a 90, I said, you know what? That's as good. That's an A just as good and it'll be on my transcript as if I got 100, okay? So God doesn't play it that way, but he does 100%, 100%, okay? If God only did it 99%, then 1.7 pieces of first-class mail would be lost every day if we made, you know, that comparison. Would that be tolerable? <laughs> Nine, oh, post office is really good. We do 99%. Oh, yeah, 1.7 pieces missing. Uh, what about, uh, you know, my pharmacist, 99% of the time gets it right. That means that 200,000 uh, people every year would be getting the wrong prescription. Hmm, not good. Oh, what about drinking water? 99% of the time, it's safe. That means three days out of every year, you would be drinking unsafe drinking water. God is 100% providing everything that we need. So I guess time to bring this together just to a close. Now, in this season, as we're coming close to Christmas and we hear the carols, you know, and I think about the many of them that have that idea, Prince of Peace. Yeah, peace, P-E-A-C-E, pardon, everlasting promises, uh, completeness, uh, or I mean assurance, then completeness, and finally everything that we need. Peace on earth is what the angels sang. Hark the herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth. And one of the stanzas said, Hail the heavenly prince of peace. Wow. And then, you know, that the favorite carol of all, Silent Light, it says, Sleep in heavenly peace. Now, that's not referring to us. That's referring to Jesus we're saying, Jesus, sleep, baby Jesus, sleep in heavenly peace. Knowing what all was ahead of him, knowing all that that was to happen, and yet we say, it's all under control. Jesus, baby Jesus, you can still sleep in heavenly peace. And if he can sleep in heavenly peace, when he's got a whole universe to be concerned about, and every sinner that ever was to give his life as the ransom and the pardon for all, you know, infinite sin. How do you ever clean that up? It would take that precious blood that he was going to shed, but he could sleep in peace. And if he can, we can too. That's his gift, his promise, because he's the Prince of Peace. Where does he want to live? Where does he want to, what space does he want to occupy? It's this space right here. Yeah. And he's there. Just know. Okay, you can choose not to have it if you want to be that way. Yeah, you're free to do that. But you can receive the gift that he has. Amen. <laughs>